Hello and welcome to part two of our Rainsome Racing Cheltenham special. We're going to preview days three and four for the Cheltenham Festival in this edition. I mean, we spoke for so long in part one, we just had to make a second one because we would have been here for hours. So we'll get things kicked off straight away. And we're going to look at the Marsh Novices Chase on day three. So, Killian, we'll come to you first. We'll get you to kick things off here for us today. Who do you fancy in the marsh? Well, I'm, I'm not sure if, if Faheen runs, but if he did run, like, he'd have to have his chance. All right, he's 12, but, like, in the last few weeks, we had Ses Canaan winning in Handicap Hurdle at Navin at 14. And then at the weekend, Gino Trail won at, what, 13 years of age yeah. for Glo O'Brien? So... I wouldn't put much of an emphasis on the fact that he's 12. Like, he's won two grade ones this season. He's flying. He ran a grand race last year in the stairs hurdle. But, I don't know, does Willie want to chance him at Cheltenham? If anything went wrong, he'd get a fair amount of abuse. Like, But as an alternative to Faheen, you would have to say... Easy game could be won each way. Like he only he was only beaten half a length by Faheen the last day. He's he's not the biggest horse, but he's taken well to fences and he's from very good hurdle form. And imagine Puppy Power might ride him again if he's nothing else in the race. I'm not sure what else he has. Um, but I, I'd imagine he'd be ridden. Mid division to finish, I think he could be one for each way punters. I think if Forheen were to win this, it would definitely bring the house down. But would he be the oldest horse to win a novice chase at the festival? I'd imagine so. I mean, yeah. I think in this race's history, I read somewhere that every single winner of the race has been either six or seven. And so for me, that would definitely put itchy feet straight into the radar. Um, I was a big fan of this horse when he won at Sandown the last day. Um, I mean, we all were. We were all tipping him. Um, and he was only beaten five lengths in last year's Supreme. He's a really good jumper of a fence. Um, Ollie Murphy has been very keen on him. And I think, you know, he's only had the two starts over fences so far. But um, I wouldn't worry too much about that. He certainly looks a well-made horse. Um, Killian's already spoke about Faheen. Uh, Midnight Shadow was the other one who I wanted to give a mention to. He won over course and distance on New Year's Day. Um, and he ran well behind Itchy Feet the last time at Sandown, beating only three and a half lengths. I think he could creep in under the radar with a good each-way chance because he jumps well. Sue Smith is a great trainer and he has course and distance form. So Midnight Shadow would be another one for me to look out for. Luke, who do you like for the marsh? Yeah, fine turned up to be interesting. I'd take him on with Sam Crone and call me mad for putting up Sam, Sam Crow, but I love the horse. The thing about this race is you're going to get a bit of a price about him. The last few times he's ran, he's been favourite for, I think, nine of his last starts. I think... There's more to come from him. He, he's had a wind up since the last day. He's very impressive on Chase debut at Down Royal. I thought he was going to be factored to the reason to drill more when he came down two out. Beaten by Fahim the last day at Limerick by 10 lengths. Listen, he probably the two of them took each other on with the wind up. Hopefully that will get him closer to Fahim if he runs in this. 
Um, Lois isn't with us today, but she did get in touch with me on Twitter earlier, and she liked itchy feet for this race. Um, she was really taken with his win the last time out. Um, and she also has got her eye on reserve tank. So she said that he hasn't exactly risen to the occasion of offense this season, despite a really impressive novice hurdle career. Um, but she thinks he's a class performer. He's got a lot of talent and he just has to put it together over the fences. Um, but she said that the Tizards have claimed that he could be the forgotten horse going into this race. Sam, wrap things up for us with the marsh. Who do you like for this race? So both my horses have actually been already mentioned. So I'm quite keen on Forheen. If he turns up, I think it'd be absolutely incredible, even if he was to just run. Um, the fact that he's 12 and he'd be in one of the novice chases. But yeah, I love Reserve Tank. Um, he always comes good at the back end of a season. He showed it last year, winning two grade ones. And I think he's had a bit of a break, but he's had entries for a while. I've been kind of tracking where he's been entered and things have been called off due to obviously the weather. But um, I do I do think he will outrun his odds at the minute. He's 12 to 1. I think he is definitely the forgotten horse and um yeah he should be he should run very very well. Thank you Sam. We'll move on quickly to the Ryanair chase. I'm going to start things off because I think everyone here would know who my winner of this race will be and he will win. Second year running. Come on Frodon. I think it comes as no surprise that I've picked him. He won this race last year. His course and distance form is just incredible. Like, he just is a different horse over this at this course. He jumps for fun. His win last time out in the Silver Nyako Conti chase was a great confidence booster for him. And Paul Nichols says he is bouncing at home. So I really hope he can win again. Actually, I saw a video of him schooling earlier. I think I retweeted it, but he just, he looks absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, whether it's a battle of the head or the heart, I don't know, but both of them are on Frodon this week. Um, Killian, who do you like to win the Ryanair chase? To me, it looks to be between the front two and the market, Aplutar and Min. Uh, Aplutar is slight favourite at the moment. Uh, he obviously beat Chak and Persuade. At Leperstown, albeit Chacken first of all, wasn't fit, but a Plutar won that novice handicap chase. Why about was it 17 or 18 lengths last year? I think the race might be set up for him. Like you'd imagine Frodon and Main will be pretty prominent, and Chacken first of all might just sit him behind at Rachel Blackmore. He jumps very well and he stays. Uh, Main has yet to win at Cheltenham, albeit he's been behind Altior. But I think this could be. Another one for Rachel Blackmore, who I think she could finish champion jockey this year's festival. Big call there. I was going to ask you about that later. Her top jockey, rather. Um, yeah, yeah. Luke, who do you like for this year's renewal? Yeah, I'm with a Plutard as well. The run the last day beating Jack and Pursoir was a great run. Prior to that, he needed to run at Navin when he finished behind Pali Yoshin. Um, yeah, he won impressive last year. Good course form. I think, as Killian was saying, this could be another winner for Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromid. Lois is 
again been in touch for this race and she said she liked riders on the storm of course last time out he won the grade one ascot chase beating um you know well he had surname beat behind him didn't he before he came down um she was really taken with how he jumped that day um he raced a bit keenly keenly in the early stages again but um he found himself in front quite early and because of his jumping he jumped really really well um and yeah, she said she was really taken with the way he hit the front around the bend and he kept on galloping. Definitely a horse still on the improve and she wouldn't be willing to discount who Nigel Twiston Davies claims to be his best chance of a festival winner. The Riders on the Storm then is Lois's choice for this race. Sam, we'll come to you last of all. Who do you like for the Ryanair? Well, me and Lois are in c- complete agreement again. <laughs> um, I said before he ran at Ascot that if he ran a decent race thinking in behind surname that he would be a live player for the Ryanair um obviously he won that race um and it was also great can I say as well to see um a picture on Harry Durham's Insta uh, Twitter of um surname back out um under Scott being ridden out which is great um, it's always nice to get those updates from connections, so as fans know how the horses are. But um, I really like Riders on the Storm because d- despite how he wastes a lot of energy, he's a very bold jumper, it doesn't seem to be a disadvantage to him because the way he wins, he's so strong. And I personally think he will win this. Um, and also, I find it quite interesting, Bristol de May's got an entry um, and... He might. It would be more interesting if he goes to this race, if he doesn't go to the Gold Cup. But considering the Gold Cup's quite open, I assume he'll go there. And Acer at 20 to 1 as well. He obviously ran such a good race last year yeah. um, and may go a bit under the radar. Possibly. Um, thank you, Sam. I'm just reading here actually that course form and course experience has proved really vital winners of the Ryanair chase because all apart from one of the race winners had had a run at the track at least twice before they won this race so I I don't know how many of that these would um, rule out but it's definitely an important thing to take note of Um, but the feature race on the Thursday at Cheltenham is of course the Stayers Hurdle won last year so brilliantly by Paisley Park and Killian, we'll come to you first. Do you think Paisley Park can notch back-to-back wins in this race? Yeah, I'd imagine so. He's odds on. He's done nothing wrong. He looks fairly solid for this. So essentially, you're just looking for something maybe each way that will run well. And of course, lads, you know how much I like listening to Oscar. I've always said it. <laughs> like he ran a great race last day behind um, Paisley Park. Uh, hopefully, that will build up his confidence a bit more. He will stay. He won a point to point. He's 33 to 1. And when you go down through him there, like bidding to Joe isn't going to run. To me, Somerville Boy doesn't jump well enough. Like he won a Supreme. Imaton, he's a chance. Pin Hill is obviously a former winner, has been prepped for the day. City Island going back over hurdles wasn't good. Now was chasing. Like Sam Cross not going to run. Apples Jade might. Lorena won't run. Debt Duty, no. Ronald Pump will. Like, listen to Gar Oscar, didn't you come down to 33 to 1? Good run the last day. 
Like he has his chance, but like Paisley Park's going to be hard to beat. I agree with you there. I think Paisley Park definitely is the horse to beat. He's just been the outstanding staying hurdler the last two seasons and absolutely dominant so far. Um, one that I did take note of actually was Penn Hill. He won this race two years ago. Um, you know, wasn't really the same last year and maybe he's not the most convincing winner of this race in its history. But um, I was really taken by his, by his race last time out, actually. Um, and I thought he shapes quite well. You know, maybe he just, maybe he runs well fresh and that might play against him. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not one to discount Willie Mullins at all. And yeah, Penn Hill would probably be my one I want to have a look at each way. I mean, he's apart far the one run um, in the Hatton's grades in December. He's not been out of the first three all season. Third behind Apples Jays, second behind Benny Dejure, and second behind Cracking Smart last time, only beaten four lengths. So, yeah, I definitely, I'd have another look at Penn Hill, I think. And, you know, I, I completely expect Paisley Park to win. But if I'm looking at a different angle, Penn Hill would probably be the one that I would point out. Luke, who's your pick for this race? Do you think Paisley Park can be beaten? No, I don't think he can be beaten. So you're kind of playing around for the places. And I too in mind, Apple's Jade, if she can return to her best, surely she's in with a great chance. Thing is, you're going to know early on how she's going to fare. She's gonna, if she's not out front dominating, going away in front, you know she, she's probably not going to be there to finish. She, like Some of the form she has, like winning the, on her penultimate start at Leopardstown, by a wide margin with Penn Hill back in third on that occasion. I'd say if she can pull it together, she would be of interest. Another one was Ronald Pump. I I would prefer like them more for the for temps, but off top weight, you can see why they're going to run in this race. He has great, good form in handicaps. The last day at Leopards, or on his penultimate start at Leopardstown in the Pertemps qualifier, he's second behind Tracy's Enniscorti. Given him two stone, is a massive run to get so close to him. I'd say he has been improving all the time, and he steps into Grade One come for the first time. I'd say he could go close over three miles, which will suit him down to the ground. Sam, who do you like for this year's Stayers Hurdle? I can't see past Paisley Park. I think he's a wonderful horse. Um, it's always such a good story with Aidan Coleman, Emma Lavelle and Andrew Gemmell whenever he wins. And hopefully he can replicate that wonderful, wonderful um, race that he ran last year and bring so much joy to pretty much everybody because you can't not like like this horse. He's he's just wonderful. Um, also, two at these two are both at 10 to 1, Emma Tom and City Island. Obviously, um, City Island won the Ballymore last year. Um, he didn't like fences, but um, so they're dropping him back down to hurdles. Hopefully he can get his season back on track, but I really don't think he'll beat Paisley Park. And Emma Tom, um, he's a really, really nice horse. We saw him at the Lambourne Open Day last year, <laughs> and he's got this little chicken that terrorises him, um, which was which made for cute viewing. <laughs> um but yeah, his run last time out was excellent and it's so good to see him get back to 
that kind of form because I think connections really really like so him. stay a hurdle really love him pretty one way with really Paisley nice Park run. I think everyone really expects him to win I'd say for many he would be the nap of the week um but perhaps less straightforward is the Potemps Network final handicap hurdle on the Thursday um we're only going to give a quick word on this race otherwise we could be here for days um, but for me, I'm going to start things off, and my pick for the race is Kilbrick and Storm. Um, he's dropped to a workable mark of 140, carry 10 stone 10 in this race, so you'd imagine he'd get in. He's a grade one winner um, over hurdles, and he, of course, won the Albert Bartlett as a novice a couple of years ago. Um, I think he's got another big race in him somewhere, and now he's kind of dropped back down the handy mark, handicap mark. I think maybe he could be coming into this a little bit um, under the radar again. But um, no, I think festival form is really important and he's a horse that I've always thought quite a bit of and when he turns up on his day, he's a really good horse. So yeah, Kilbrick and Storm for me in the attempts. Killian, who do you like for this race? Relegate looks rock solid in this to me. She finished fourth the last day, punches town just to qualify. Lovely run. She come on a lot fitness-wise. She's a champion bumper winner. She beat carefully selected act in champion bumper. She stays very well. Um, look, she's running off 10 stone 7. She probably has a couple of pounds in hand. She is about 7 to 1 now, so the value's probably gone, but I think she'll go very, very close in this. Luke, who's your pick for the Potemps? Yeah, Killian put me on to relegate a while back and can't deserve him or her now. It's going to be Colin Murphy's first runner back as a trainer since coming out of retirement. As Killian was saying, she won the champion bumper role few years ago being carefully selected the one problem that she did have when she went novice hurdling for Willie Mullins was she wasn't a great jumper but the last day of Punchestown I thought she jumped the best she ever has and if she jumps like that on the Thursday I think she'd be very hard to beat Sam I hope you've done your homework who's your pick for this year's Potemps <laughs> of course I have <laughs> Um, I'm going for Silver Sheen, um, hoping he'll get in. He's currently number 27. Um, he did. He seems to be a new horse after running on quite soft ground. So if it comes up soft, he'll really be suited to it. He's won at Wexford and Thurless. And um, we, me and Neve saw him um, win at the Pertemps qualifier at Warwick. Um, he beat last year's winner, Cider Burley. And he's a really nice, big, raw horse. And I think um, he should run a decent race at 12 to 1. And Just there in the Mare's Novice Hurdle, I'd give Santa Rosa a chance to Dermot McLaughlin trained. Billy, she was very good last year in bumpers. She won at Leopardstown, was placed in the entry bumper. She had a nice debut over hurdles at various the last day. She needed the run. She should come on plenty for the run. And I'd say she'd go close at an each way price. So we're going to quickly divert our attentions away from Cheltenham for just under 10 minutes because Samantha has gotten an interview with Ed Chamberlain. Of course, frontman for ITV Racing, an absolutely incredible presenter. We're very lucky to now present this interview with Ed Chamberlain for our podcast. So I'm very lucky to be joined for the podcast with Ed Chamberlain. Hi Ed, how are you? I'm very well, Samantha. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, so, first of all, what got you interested in horse racing? Gosh, it's a long time ago. <laughs> it's 
it would have been the man to blame is my grandfather, my late grandfather, who lived in the West Country and absolutely loved his racing. He was a punter, really, more than anything else. And my memories of him, when I can remember him, he was uh, almost um, forced to, to basically sit in a chair and watch racing for the afternoon. He wasn't able to do much else. He loved cider, he loved racing, he loved the ITV7. And I would help him with that. And I settled down in the afternoon and watched the racing. And the highlight of his year was the Grand National. And that very quickly became the highlight of my year. I became in charge of the family sweepstake. And I had my first ever bet, would you believe, at the age of seven or eight in the 1981 Grand National. And I finished second uh, to Alderney team without really realising what an amazing story that was. And I, my horse ripped by a 54-year-old jockey. I was furious to finish second. And from then, I was hooked on the National. And then it sort of spiralled from there. And it, when I left college, I wanted to work in racing and uh, nearly succeeded to start with and then got into football and things, but it's gone full circle now and here I am. Brilliant. Um, what's your favourite part about working on ITV Racing? Gosh, that's a great question. I love so much of it. I love the challenge of it. I've enjoyed proving people wrong from the way we started. I think the best thing is working in this brilliant sport and every week is different. In my previous job presenting football, I was very much studio-based, so i go to a football ground and be in the studio, and on a Monday night I'd be in the studio back in Sky. While racing every week, honestly, is totally different. I'm at Kempton this weekend, which is completely different to Donkers the next weekend, which is completely different to Sandown the weekend after. And then, of course, I go to the Cheltenham Festival, so how lucky am I? And then from the festival it rolls into Aintree, and then from Aintree I'm very quickly at the Craven, and it's just fantastic to travel the country to all these wonderful race courses with all these amazing horses and great people in the sport as you can tell I, I feel very lucky to do it but i do genuinely absolutely love it i love the challenge of it as well well it sounds amazing um who would your dream three panelists to present <laughs> the racing alongside be <laughs> of ones i work with or ones i could work with anybody I'm very lucky to work <laughs> i'm very lucky to work with some very good people so I think in, in racing, I'm very lucky. I think Jason Weaver has been one of the finds of our tenure in racing. I think he is absolutely brilliant on the flat. So I think Weaver would go in there 100%. I think Ruby might join him, Ruby Walsh, um, because he's very similar on the jumps. And I think his analysis is, as, reminds me of when I used to work with Gary Neville on the football. His uh, absolute dissection of a race is brilliant. So they'd be the two. And then, obviously, AP and... Luke and Mick and everyone's great and they're all great friends of mine but should I come with someone from complete left field I'd love to do a show with John Franken for example I used to love working with him and, and watching and I'm, you know from those days we've, we've lost John Oaksey but I'd love to have worked with him and people I grew up with um, would be great fun and then if I could wish for someone to, to come on the podium for an afternoon at Cheltenham I think it'd be Rachel Blackmore because she is a huge huge uh, figure in our sport right now she's doing she's riding really well at the minute um what can be done to get more young people into horse racing now this is a hot topic for you and i enjoyed reading what you wrote the other day thank you and it's something it's something i share the same passion as you uh to try and get more youngsters involved in racing as you know um which is why i love helping you out and i'll, I'll help out anyone who's looking to get into the journalism side of the game good on you and I thought what you wrote made a lot of sense. Now, there's a number of ways of doing it. And, and the great thing is most of the race courses are trying. And we've got to try as well with ITV. Our attitude is we want to be accessible to everyone to watch. Young, old, everybody, and to enjoy it. And that means explaining some things. That means trying to be entertaining at times. Because a lot of people watching us will be a bit older than you, Samantha, and have had a long week at work and just want to relax, be entertained on a Saturday afternoon. 
So I've always got that in my, my mindset. So I want to attract people to ITV racing for starters. But more importantly, I want to attract youngsters to come racing because if they come racing, the chances are they'll get hooked on it and then watch racing down the track and hopefully keep coming back to race courses as well. And I don't think the message gets out there enough. And fair play to Great British Racing, who do a terrific job. They do very well, particularly in the summer with their initiative to get under-18s racing. But I don't think the message is out there enough. And I can help with it on ITV. That for parents, under-18s go racing three. Now, how many entertainment businesses are there where you can take children under 18 free? I don't know many. I wrote an article comparing Legoland near Ascot with a day at Ascot with your kids. And Ascot are sensational at entertaining families. And I, anyone listening or reading should go along and try Ascot, particularly their Christmas Day and their family fun days. They are brilliant. And so you're paying nearly 300 quid for a family of four to go to Legoland when down the road, uh, you can pay 60-odd quid, depending which enclosure you go in. Your kids are in for free, and you'll have a brilliant day out. I mean, which would you choose? So that message needs to get out there, and we need to get more children enjoying the horse as well. So when we get these kids racing, let's create a kids' zone for, for people to have a bit of space to watch the racing and cheer the horses. That's how we need to get into it. It has to be the entertainment side, but yes, but also the enjoyment of watching these magnificent creatures that when you come racing, you can get up close and personal with. That's a big selling factor. And just one more thing, Samantha, I know I could bark on about this for ages, but also in racing, I come from football where for young fans, there's a major disconnect these days between fan and player. The players are earning so much money, the access to them is completely impossible these days. You do well to get a selfie or a photograph with a footballer, you're never going to have a conversation with them. Contrast that to horse racing, when the players, which are effectively the jockeys, our access to them is terrific, and they're brilliant with it as well. Now, with ITV, we've tried to really exploit for the wrong word, but make the most of that with our beaten jockey interviews, our interviews with jockeys down the start. We send people down to the start to make people at home really feel part of it. And some of the most exciting things we've done at town at the starts, I remember Jim Crowley getting off Batash before the Nunthorpe and speaking to Luke Harvey. My goodness, it was exciting. Brani before the Labrix Trophy jumped off Present Man, who was being reshot, and, and whispered to us at home. You really felt part of it, and the engagement with the player was fantastic. And when you come racing, you're, you're an experience. You can chat to these guys. They're very open, very um, warm, and again, you know, when a kid meets Frankie, Frankie Dottori, hopefully that will mean they'll keep following him, and, and it spirals from there. So we've got a real opportunity with the players, and um, oh, I could go on and on and on about it. And I know it's something you care deeply about as well, but we can all do more. That's for, that's for sure. Absolutely, yes. Um, and finally, for the podcast, what advice yes. would you give to somebody were wanting to work in the horse racing media? What I would say was, look what you guys do and rein it in, which is terrific. But you, it's very different to when I grew up and I was your age. You have an unbelievable opportunity in the modern age to get your work, so to speak, out there with social media. I know you're a, you're a Twitter user, which is great. If you were a young person now, if I was 15, 16, 17, or a little bit older, again, I would be blogging, I'd be interviewing, I would be getting stuff out on social media, because my career will tell you, you never know who is watching, listening, or reading. I went on a very small television channel called Bloomberg TV, talked about sport, and Sky Sports picked me up from there. You just never know who might see something you've done. So get your blog onto Twitter and Instagram, get your, an interview, try and do an interview with one of these jockeys I've talked about because the access is incredible, or one of the ITV team because no one will turn you down, I promise you. If they do, they'll have me to answer to and get it out there. All the social media outlets, get it out there because just to emphasize again, you just never know 
who might see what you've done and like it. Excellent. Thank you so much for talking to us. Absolute pleasure. Yes. So we're going to move on to Friday now. Of course, it's Gold Cup Day. Um, and we're going to kick things off with the Triumph Hurdle. So I'll admit, I've just said to the guys, I really was stuck on this race. But now just having another look at the form, I'm siding with a wave of the sea. And that's not just because Killian also likes him. But it's also because the Spring Juvenile Hurdle that he won last time out, the winners of that form has had a really good record in this race in the past. Um, Cerberus was back in third that day. I mean, he stopped quickly, but um, he also was behind um, All Mankind last time out. All Mankind could be a machine. I mean, the British um, string for this race is so strong, but it's that thing with juveniles who just don't know how good they are. So Solo is the favourite. You've got Goshen in there, All Mankind. Aspire Tower could be another one who actually, you know, if he jumps a bit better than he did the last day, he could be another one for this JCB Triumph Hurdle. So I'm not going to give a, like, I'm not going to give one selection, I don't think, because I can't. <laughs> Um, I haven't spent nearly enough time looking at this race because I think this is another that you could pick any of these and watch the race 10 times over and it would be a different result every time. But I think a wave of the sea at a slightly bigger price could probably run into the places. Killian, who do you like for the triumph? Uh, like you say, I'm going to side with Aspire or a wave of the sea rather, but it's not really a strong fancy. Like Juvenile hurdles wouldn't be my thing. But uh, look, there's going to be a very strong pace in this. Like, there's three front runners on paper, and the wave of the sea. He's probably going to be ridden at the rear. He's going to be ridden to pick up the pieces. He won last at Leopardstown, beating Cerberus. But Cerberus, to be honest, once he hit the front, he kind of stopped. He didn't want to be there. Wouldn't be surprised if they put cheek pieces or something on him. I really think a wave of the sea. He wants a good stamina test. He's going to get it here in this race. Um. He's about, I don't know, he's about 16 to 1. I think he's a good each way bet, but the Triumph Hurdle would not be my favourite race at all at the festival. No, I think I'd agree with you there. I don't think, like, I cannot remember the last time I picked the winner of this race. Probably definitely decide, to be honest, but it is a really tricky race. Of course, we've had some big price winners of it as well, let's not forget. Um, Luke, who do you like for this year's Triumph Hurdle, if you can pick just one? I just side with Aspire Tower. He's been making the run in his last two runs, but he's more than likely going to get the lead here because there's a few mad horses in this. Like you've got all mankind, gosh, and they're going to go hard from the front. It's going to make for great view, and it's probably going to set it up for one in behind Aspire Tower. I'd say he might be better getting the lead. The last time when he fell, I thought he'd still just win, but you can't be certain. And his penultimate start is very impressive when beaten to Gavin Cromwell trained Wolf Prince at Leopardstown by 18 lengths. Wolf Prince the last day was on top of them in the spring juvenile. So I don't think he was running his race when he came down at the last last day. And if he can bounce back to the form of his penultimate start, I think he could go very close. 
just having a quick look at the market, it is ridiculously close up at the top between Solo, Goshen and All Mankind. They're all, you know, still, we just don't know how good they could be. I mean, Solo was so impressive last time out on his British debut for Paul Nichols. Um, Goshen has been absolutely dominant in his starts this year. And All Mankind, I mean, his grade one win at Chepstow was so impressive. Sam, can you split these three British runners? And if so, who do you like for the triumph? Um, I've been very keen on All Mankind for a while. I think he's incredible. He's just a nutter. He's wonderful. He makes for such good viewing. I think he's great to watch. Obviously, like you mentioned, that grade one win was brilliant. He's bred to win a derby. I think that's what Connections actually wanted to do with him considering he's in the Gradley colours. But um, he's just he just oozes class, and I think he's so exciting. And I think this race is so exciting as well, because I think we've got a few really, really smart horses in there for the future. I mean, Solo did a good job on, um, on his debut for Paul Nichols. I don't really think he deserves to be favourite as of yet. Goshen's jumping would be my worry, but um, Gary Moore's very, very good with these kind of horses. He's juveniles um and i think it's quite interesting how the irish form links with the english form because you don't normally get that but through joseph o'brien sending over cerberus to run at chepstow it has it certainly kind of intertwined the everything together the and it'll be interesting to see who comes um, out on top the next one we're going to have a look at is the albert bartlett novices hurdle um two picks for me in this one uh, the first being harry senior he has done nothing but improve all season um he stays well the impression I got is last win, last time out at Cheltenham on trials day, kind of suggested he would be suited by further. Um, his form behind Edward Stone, who went on to beat Fiddler on the Roof, and Sporting John, who of course is a big fancy for the festival as well, looks very strong. So yeah, Harry Senior would definitely be one for me to keep an eye on. But of course, I cannot forget Time Hill. He was impressive in the Chalo last time out. He's going to come into this race fresh and well-rested. Philip Hobbs knows how to train these horses. He's just fantastic when he gets a good one. He knows how to win these big races. Um, I'd say his form probably looks the best of the group, having beaten Fiddler on the roof, Champagne well, and the Cashel Man in all of his starts this season. Um, of course, Fiddler on the roof went on to win the Grade 1 Tollworth. Um, he's unbeaten over hurdles and he brings in that very strong champion bumper form from last season, having come third, beaten only two and a half lengths by Envoy Allen. So, yeah, I think I think Time Hill probably will just have the edge in this one, but Harry Senior cannot be forgotten. So, Killian, who do you like for this year's Albert Bartlett? Um, I love latest exhibition. Like He's a horse I've always liked. He beat... Um, JPR Bannis' horse, Andy Dufresne, and he won his grade one at Leopardstown the last day. Like he's done he's done nothing wrong this season. He should appreciate the the stamina test. But um they are like the Albert Bartlett can throw up a big price winner. Like Manila Indo won it last year at fifty to one. Realistically you're looking for a horse of plenty of experience. Uh maybe not the most, you know, flashy type. Um so one at maybe a bigger price. I know Samantha likes him, but Longhouse Post has a chance. He's had four runs over hurdles. He was third last at latest exhibition, and he was 
seven lengths behind Envoy Allen. He beat Column of Fire in his Baden Hurdle uh, at Navin in December. And he also beat um, Monkfish in a, a bumper at Punchestown. I think he's a nice horse. And if we get good to soft ground, you know, spring ground, I think he's his chance. Luke, who's your pick for this year's Albert Bartlett? I, as Kitty was mentioned, latest exhibition, I'd side with him. He brings in the form from Leopardstown. He won over two miles six. He's gaining all the way to the line. He'll enjoy the step up the three miles. But Andy Dufresne and Na- Navin over two and a half miles. Just hopefully as well, the 50,000 bonus for the stable staff for winning the race at Leopardstown and any race at Cheltenham. So hopefully he can do that for the stable staff of Paul Nolans. Also another horse... I just keep an eye on. He mightn't have enough experience to, as the trends would say, they need put Cobbler's Way at a bigger price. He ran a good race the last day at Leopardstown, finishing behind the uh, latest exhibition and just in front of Longhouse Pope. He made most of the running, and it looked like after the last, he was just going to fade out of it. But he stayed on strongly again to get second on the line. He, he's a good winner of his maiden prior to that. If he can deal with the slog of this, that this race can be, I think he could go well. Sam, who's your pick for this one? So, um, I'm gutted that it seems as though Longhouse Poet won't be going to the, um, go actually going to the Albert Bartlett, but going to the Ballymore. There's been mixed messages. I'm not sure. I think we'll get a confirmation, um, closer to the time but I think if he was to run in this race he would go really well because the trip is ideal I do like latest exhibition I've always been a fan of Brian Cooper and I think it's great he's on a horse who is um who has got such a good chance at Cheltenham now um he obviously isn't being used by Jiggenstown as much and I think it's great for him and especially for Paul Nolan I didn't know about the bonus that they can get so hopefully the yard staff can win that but also I think quite a smart move by David Pipe was exploiting Ramsey's Detay's novice status. I mean, he's won two grade twos this season. That is really good for for an eight-year-old that's normally considered to be a chaser. I don't see any reason why he can't feature here. He's got a lovely attitude. He always tries his hardest. So it'll be interesting to see how he starts. Now, I want to give a quick mention for the county the hurdle. Um, we've all had a quick look over the form for this one. Um, for me, I want to give a mention to Quick Grabbing for the Fergal O'Brien team. They haven't had um, much luck at the Cheltenham Festival, but I think Quick Grabbing is a great chance for them to get on the board here in this county hurdle. He was a grade one winner as a novice um, in the... Oh, what race was it? Royal Bond, was it? Yeah, the Royal Bond. And uh, he's highly thought of by his connections. I think he was bought as a champion hurdle horse, actually. But um, this dropping class will probably play to his strengths. And, um, yeah, I really... I'm a big fan of quick grabbing, actually. Um, Not to mention the second-season hurdlers have a great record in this race. So, yeah, I think quick grabbing would be my pick for the race. But another one I'd want to give a mention to was good old Mohayed, previous winner, Won it two years ago, I think. Uh, Dan Skelton's had a great uh, run with the county hurdle in the last few years. 
Um, he's at a mark of 10 stone 12 now. And yeah, he's a really, really good hurdler on his day. So my hair is another one for me to look out for in this race. Killian, do you have any picks for this one? Um, I'm not sure where Stratum is going to go. He's entered in the county in the Coral. Uh, he won the Cesar, which at Newmarket in October. Very good horse in the flat. I think he he has a big handicap hurdle in him. Look, it looks like Willie has been targeting him for well, I don't know really what he's been targeting for, but he's been protecting his mark really. He ran him and punches down the last day, where he was beaten eight lengths, eight and a half lengths by Borough Saint. Look, he's a very classy animal. I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick rode him. Patrick won on him in Killarney, actually. He he won by about 12 lengths at Killarney, albeit it was a weak race. And he, got, he actually got beaten by Dr. Mikey at the stall before it went on. But like I say, he is a very good flat horse and he has finished fourth in a grade B handicap hurdle at Punchestown last May. Has a few runs over hurdles, a few wins. And he's he's very interesting not sure if you go to County or Coral, but he's 25 to, 25 to 1. And I'd keep an eye on him. Luke, who do you like in the County Hurdle? I like another one of Willie Mullins' horses, Janadiel, the JP McManus owned. He's done nothing wrong this season. He's improved great, a vast amount. He won his maiden hurdle at Tipperary back in October, beating Tiger Voice. Then he went on to win at Down Royal in the Handicap Hurdle of mark of 125 he won then again at Fairy House in December of mark of 135 he runs off he got £10 for that win so he's off 145 now I think there's still more improvement to come I'd say he could go close for Willie Mullins and JP and finally Sam who do you want for this race So I'm going to side with a Dan Skelton horse and you oh, actually yeah. mentioned him earlier in the other half of our podcast, um, West Cork. Looking at it now, I'm not actually sure whether he will get in. He's number 51, but judging from the racing post, he's not in the Supreme. He is in this. Um, he has never been out of the top two. He's a three-mile point-to-point winner. He's a dual winner at Huntington over two miles. He was a second in a grade two last time out. Um, connections know how to win this. He's about 20 to 1, so he could be a bit of value, as I think he may go under the radar if he gets into the race for Dan Skelton. And either if Harry or if um, Bridget end up riding, then he's got an ideal chance. Um, and also, they've got some good conditional jockeys, so yeah, he's one to keep an eye on. And I quite like the favourite, um, Sildenej. Um, he was second in the Betfair hurdle last time. He looked like he'd win and he could um, possibly be well so handicapped before we go on to the big race as well, the so gold cup i want to give a quick mention to the fox hunters um so yeah who do we like for this race um my pick would be manella rocco he's been absolutely rejuvenated this season he lost his way a bit but um he's just taken hunter chases in his stride and he's got enough class to finish second in a gold cup as well as having previously won at the festival. So I think that Cheltenham and the festival in particular really brings out the best in him. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him coming up that hill in first place and landing this race. So Killian, who's your pick for this one? 
Uh, Fox Hunter, it looks like a difficult race to solve. We'll obviously have a better idea of what the top amateurs are riding closer to time. I think Jimmy Codd rides Stalker Wallace for in the Bulger. Not 100%, I'm not 100% sure, but um, uh, at my preview night last night, uh, Davy Boland was giving a tip for Deloro. Quite a hard one to pronounce there, but he's 50 to 1. A um, bit disappointing the last day, but he did win at Down Royal in December, and he beat Bill away that day, who's he's quietly fancied for this race too. But uh, there's a big price difference between them, like Delora at fifty to one each way. He's not a bad bet. Luke, who's your horse for this one? I don't really have one, but I see Dan Poli's running. It'd be great to see him win a former. Festival winner, he won the Martin Pipe, the RSA. Since went to Nigel Pierce, and just I'd give him a go, but not really any strong picks in the Fox Hunter. Sam, who do you like for this? So I've been with Kay de Burley for the past two years. He's not won, he's gone fifth and pulled up, but he won. He punches town equivalent last May and he's won a point in January, so he should be spot on. But um, I think I'm going to side with you, Neve and Manella Rocco. We um, did a podcast question about how long it was since he'd won before the Hunter chase on his penultimate start. And it was a really, really long time. So it's just excellent to see him back. It'd be amazing if he could win a um, another Cheltenham Festival race. Um not sure who'd be riding him because Derek O'Connor rode him last time, but I don't know if he's got another ride on something else. One thousand four hundred and eight um, days it was. So between we'll, yeah, Manella it'd be Rocco's last wins. Yeah, a long time, but he's back on track now. So I'm hoping wow. he will win this pop country. So it's time for us to preview, of course, the big race of the week, the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Now. I'm so excited for this race. It looks an absolutely fantastic renewal. I will be there. For the last 10 years, I've been saying every year I want to go to Gold Cup Day and it's finally happening. So it's, yeah, I, I don't think I could really have picked a better renewal to go and see first time. But, you know, if you look at the top horses in the market, Santini, Album Photo, Delta Work, Lost in Translation, Clander's Ovo, Kenboy, You've got presenting Percy in there, Bristol the May. I mean, it's just an absolutely fantastic renewal of this race. I think, for me, again, this is much like the Triumph. You could run it as many times as you wanted. You'd probably get a different winner every time, I think. But I'm going to give a word to Albion Photo. Last year's winner, we've not seen him much this season. But, I don't know, he just... He came in under the radar to this race last year, and I'll be honest, I completely overlooked him. I thought he had no chance. And he he um, showed me what for, didn't he, when he absolutely just thrashed them last year. Came from nowhere. He's won his prep race this year um, at Tremor. So he won it well as well. So I think Albion Photo's got a great chance to make it back-to-back wins. Um, another that I know... A lot of people maybe wouldn't be too keen on him after his run at Kempton, but I think Lost in Translation has always shaped like he would be a Gold Cup horse. He's a lovely big horse, brilliant jumper, 
and whatever went wrong at, Ch at Kemp in the last day, I mean, nothing's really come to light. The only suggestion that um, Colin Tizard has, has made is that maybe he had a tougher race at Haydock than they thought he had, but they freshened him up. He's had um, a wind off as well. So, yeah, I'm hoping Lost in Translation will get back on track and what a great story it would be as well if he could win this year's Chapman Gold Cup. So, Killian, who do you um, like for the Gold Cup this year? I'd say myself and Luke are in the same boat here. We're not giving up on uh, presenting Percy. He, I know a lot of people are, but we haven't yet. Maybe we're half mad, I don't know. But um, Pat Kelly has managed to get three runs into him this year. Like He had no chance last year just off run, one run over hurdles. Uh, I thought he ran well enough in the Gold Cup last day at Leperstown. I think the extra two furlongs in the Gold Cup at Cheltenham and the stamina test up the hill, the hill will really play to his strengths. Um, Davy, I imagine Davy will write him out the back, you know, scrape along the rails the whole way around and then to come onto the second circuit, try to make his move. But, like, if you look back to his RSA one in 2018, like, Album Photo was well beat when he fell. Uh, of course, you could say Album Photo has matured. He's probably a better horse now, but that was a, that was a huge performance in that RSA. And presenting Percy also won the per the year before. He has Cheltenham form. And Pat has just been bringing him along nicely this season. I would not give up on presenting Percy for this year's Gold Cup. Luke, are you in the same boat as Killian? Yep, I'm sure. Didn't I ask Luke a few weeks ago <laughs> how far he'd win the Gold Cup by? <laughs> Didn't really get a great response. But look, I think he'll go very closely. When you think about it, this season has all been mapped out one big game, the Gold Cup. They've run the first day in the John Durkin to be that close to Min over two and a half miles was a great run. I thought the two runs at Leopardstown, they're okay. The last one was definitely had more promise. He travelled really well to lead at the second last. And possibly got tired. But like this is a horse that has lots of stamina. He won over three mile five heavy ground at Ferry House one day in the handicap. I think he'll go close. If Pat Kelly is trained him with the one day in mind. I think he'll go very close. You might think I'm mad like tipping up Sam Pro and presenting Percy in the one podcast, but that's what we do. That is what we do. <laughs> I mean, you guys are in good company. I think was it AP McCoy who said he'd ride presenting Percy in this year's Gold Cup if you were given the chance. Yeah. Must have heard right, the yeah. interview with Luca. Yeah. <laughs> so not a bad not a bad boat to be in actually. Sam, I'll come to you next. Who do you like for the Gold Cup this year? So I'm with Album Photo. He obviously won it last year. Um, I think he's had a great prep. He goes quite well fresh. And, um, yeah, I've got nothing against him. I think he should should win. Um, he's at the minute either second favourite or joint favourite with Santini I'm not sure about Santini, about whether he is actually kind of Gold Cup horse um, Lethargy is enough. slow He just appears a bit, I don't want to say slow because he's obviously not slow he cares, but he is a just ball. if you compare him to the like <laughs> okay, he's slow um, yeah, I mean Maybe next year we'll see him in the national. Who knows? No disrespect to him, 
I just don't consider him to be good, as good as Albion Photo. But I think Klander Zobo is going a bit under the radar, obviously with his Kempton demolition job. Could be quite easy to pinhole him as just likes Kempton. Um, he's never actually won round Cheltenham. He's ran decent races. But he did beat um, Delta Work, I think, on seasonal debut when he was second. He's obviously coming into the race fresh. And Paul Nichols knows how to win this kind of race. So, 7-1, to one, he can't be ignored. But I, like you say, I do think any of them could win it. I mean, Bristol de May might have his year. Who knows? He's not run too badly. Yeah, he was behind Bristol behind um Santini but I think with with Bristol if he makes a mistake he loses his confidence and he can he can never get back no matter how well he's going when he does make that mistake that's something I've noticed about him so if he jumps well and Daryl just kind of chucks him into every single fence and then See, he I'm gonna perfectly. make a case for Santini he, he yeah, does actually because, have those claims you know I know a lot of people don't like him he's like Marmite I think this horse you either love him or you hate him um I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go for the case of I think he's got a bigger <laughs> chance in this race than a lot of people are giving him credit for. He won the Cotswold Chase last time. He beat Bristol de May, who is a very, very solid horse, and he beat him well. He's always he's always shaped like a chaser. Even when he was hurdling, everyone said he's gonna be better as a chaser. When he ran in the was it the Corto Star Novice Chase last season around Kempton, everyone had said, Oh, Kempton's too quick for him. He's going to be better as a staying chaser. And he came into Cheltenham last year in the RSA. He was beaten by top of the game, who looks, who many thought would then go on to win the Gold Cup this year. We haven't seen him because of an injury. You know, he all he had to do on his day de- on his debut this season at Sandown was win. He did that. You know, he didn't win impressively by any means, but he was bound to come off the run. Then last time out, back off a break, he wins really impressively at Cheltenham in the Cotswold Chase. I just think Santini, maybe he doesn't deserve to be favourite over some of these, but I do think he's a good enough horse to win this because of how he's always promised to be better as a chaser. And I think his connections have always had the Gold Cup in mind for this horse. But also another one who's maybe gone under the radar, Boyd, what are your thoughts on Kenboy, Killian? We'll come to you first. What do you think of Kenboy? Oh, he's a good horse, but he wouldn't strike me as a horse that's going to like the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Like, I, I wouldn't fancy him to stay as strong as he needs to, to win a Gold Cup. He he obviously he won at Punchestown in Aintree last year, and he also won the, the Savills at Leopardstown. Fell at the first, I think fell at the first, well, yeah, unseated at the first in last year's Gold Cup. And he got beaten by Delta Work last day, probably just a bit outstayed. Like he's a good horse. Wouldn't be surprised to see him involved, but in terms of winning, I just when when it really comes down to the last furlong, when you really need the stamina, I'd just be slightly worried he doesn't have that in his armory. I don't see Luke, him getting around. Yeah. You don't see him getting round. No. Should he some of the jumps that he put in left and the last day he's lucky to get around, I thought. I don't think he jumps well enough or stays well enough. Who who's going to ride him? David Mullins. Danny. Yeah, because Paul is on album photo. Yeah, David won on him in the Savills chase two years ago. Yeah, so yeah. And that that day and that day he won the Savills, like he he kicked on 
when they went out for the second circuit. Like, he's not going to do that at Cheltenham. I don't know. Like, you know, Kim Boy, he's a good horse, but he doesn't strike me as a Cheltenham Gold Cup winner. Then finally, uh, oh yeah, sorry. Justin Santini there, he's going to wear cheek pieces. Which should help him, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how he's second favourite. I suppose the last of the leading contenders we need to give a mention to would be Delta Work. Because, you know, he's won twice the last, you know, he's won his last two. Both were grade ones. He's the strongest, I'd say this year, he's got the strongest of the Irish form coming into this race. Sam, what does he have to do to prove that he can win a Gold Cup? Yeah. I mean, he's kind of the new kid on the block, isn't he? He's not really um, tried in this company as of yet, really. I know that might sound a bit weird, but he just, I think people need to see him prove himself even more. He was obviously third in the RSA, was it, behind Santini and top of the game last year. Both, as we've said, pretty good horses. Um, he won at Christmas, um, beating Road to Respect, Kenboy, presenting Percy. Um, so he has got all the form there. And without a doubt, he is the strongest, based on form, Irish challenger, um, in my opinion. I think he's young. He's only seven. He's got a lot of a lot left to come, I suppose you could say. Um and then last time at the start of February, once again beating Kenboy, presenting Percy. Um, so he is on that. He has got Kenboy. Yeah, and he won the Percy beaten, yeah, in my opinion. Because okay. hasn't he won at Cheltenham before? At the Cheltenham Festival before? Um, the Potemps, yeah. So course form is absolutely crucial. And um, yeah, I could see him <laughs> in a good run. I've kind of convinced myself as I've been speaking to you about what a decent chance he has. So I mentioned in part one of our Cheltenham preview podcast that our horse of the week is Moscow Fire. So the time has come to reveal the clues for next week's horse of the week. I say next week, I mean two weeks time because there will not be a podcast next week. So here are your clues for our horse of the week for next time. This horse was born in the same year as our very own Samantha. Her first foal made a winning start last year and she is the winning most horse in Cheltenham Festival history. It seems only right that we should have an absolute Cheltenham legend as our very next horse of the week. I don't think this one's going to take too much guessing but I will put the clues up on Twitter anyway. So get in touch, let us know who you think it is and we'll give you a shout out next time. So yep. we previewed all the racing, but of course, Cheltenham, it's the big clash, Ireland versus the UK. So I propose a challenge for all of us here at Rainerson Racing. Of course, we too are a mixture of Irish and UK people. So I think we're going to have a little competition among ourselves and see who comes out on top. Luke and Killian versus the girls. I mean, I think we know who's going to win here, guys. And it's not going to be me. <laughs> um, but on that note, who would you Obviously. think <laughs> would win the Press Free Cup this year? Because it's been quite close last year, wasn't it? A draw. Yeah, a draw last year. 
So, Killian, who do you think is going to come out on top this year? Uh, it's hard to say. Like, I don't know. I was listening to a preview night uh, last night, I think, and Robbie Power was saying he thinks the British novices are better than ours. I'm not sure. Like, I like it's, <laughs> it's like there's some very tight races, like the Supreme, Hardly Coffins, the Arkle, um, the Champion Chase. <laughs> Like you, you, you couldn't say Ireland or England are going to have like Ireland. Like if we're like, a, like traditionally Ireland, like back thirty years ago, if we had even like five winners, like would have been great. Like nowadays, we have Gordon, Wade, and uh, and Henry. Like the far the firepower they have is unreal. Like you'd imagine, Woody will have at least three or four winners, and Henry has a very good team going actually. Like. He's Manila Melody in the Mirrors Novice, Manila Indo in the RSA, a Plutar in the Ryanair. Like I say, I think Rachel will be top jockey, to be honest, at the festival. She's a great book of rides. So, Luke, on that note of top jockey, who do you think is going to come out as leading jockey for the week? It's going to be a good contest this year. As Killian would say, I agree Rachel would have a great chance. What story would be for Rachel to be top jockey? It is, it's going to be interesting to see how the jockey bookings work out for Gordon Elliott as well, with Jack Kennedy being out injured. So you'd imagine Davey would pick up a few rides, and I don't know who else might pick up a few. But I'd have it between Rachel and Davey. If I was to pick one, I'd probably just side with Rachel. It really would be fantastic, wouldn't it? And Sam, who do you think is going to come out as leading trainer this week? Um, so I wasn't very sure about that. I mean, it's obviously you've got Willie Mullins and Gordon, Gordon Elliott. They always come over with such a strong hand. But I think a smaller trainer could, who could be having a good week is Ollie Murphy. He's got some good chances. He obviously had, I think, the second and the third in the Supreme last year. So he could be one to be having a good week. But yeah, I've got no idea about trainer. And I do think for jockey, possibly, Danny Mullins. I often... On a Sunday, I always see him kind of riding winners for Willie, and it seems as though um, Paul Townend isn't picking the right horses necessarily. Um, so I think he could have a good week. I'm not sure he'll get top honours, but um, yeah, he could have a good week. And it, it'd just be amazing to see Rachel Blackmore win. Um, she's just incredible. Um, and yeah, it's just a great thing for the sport to have such an incredible jockey as, um, yeah, like an incredible lady jockey. And, I mean, I think last year's Cheltenham Festival, she kind of got a bit overshadowed with Bryony Frost and everything. But, she, I mean, she had two winners on the week, didn't she? And that's amazing. I think, um, yeah, so, she's a great yeah, jockey. This, and it definitely would be one of the stories of the week. Um, and that's the next thing I'm going to actually pose to everyone here, is what would be the biggest story of the week? What would you most want to see happen? So I think for me, on a personal note, of course, it would be Frodon winning that second Ryanair chase. But equally, another thing I think it would be really great to see again would be Andrew Gemmell entering that Cheltenham winner's enclosure with his beloved Paisley Park. I would love to see that happen again. So, yeah, I think those would be the big two for me. Um, Killian, what would be your moment of the week? 
If if Faheen runs and he wins the Marist JS, I don't think Cheltenham will see scenes like it again. Like I saw him win at Limerick on St. Stephen's Day and Partridge did the flying dismount. Then we had Leopard's Town, Dublin Racing Festival. Like there was literally just all lads after he passed the post in front, there was like all his pensioners just running for the parade ring. I've never seen anything like it. I, if he wins at Cheltenham, the roar is going to be absolutely incredible. I just hope he runs. That- yeah, and wins. <laughs> like that Thursday is gone. Oh, it's going to be unreal if he does. Yeah, win. that Thursday could just be incredible, couldn't it? Um, yeah, right. Luke, what about you? What would be your moments of the week? Yeah, I'd be with Killian there with Faheen if he wins. If Faheen um, wins, like it'll bring the house down. But also, maybe Tiger yeah. Roll. If he was to win his fifth race at the festival, that'd be another great story. That would be incredible. Yeah. Sam, what about you? What would you most like to see? Um, well, I completely agree with everyone else about obviously Forheen and Paisley Park. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be there on the Tuesday and it would just make my life if my win the ultimate. I know I harp on about him. I'll admit it. I adore him. And just to be there. Thank you. Um, and just to be there if he was to win. Oh, I'd be crying. Like People would be looking at me like I was a proper nutter, honestly. So I'm hopeful he can do it. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, it's um, it looks like it's got a lot of promise for just incredible narratives this this. Um, so this I was going to suggest that we do exciting. a live podcast next so week from Cheltenham with Sam, but I think if Makahi's Hill wins, it's just going to be kind of an hour of just a mixture of crying and screaming. and <laughs> So maybe not the best plan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to do a little <laughs> snippet from there, but um, just be, just um, be aware. What about I mean, the there will be a lot of tears if we win. Everyone <laughs> is most excited about seeing out at Cheltenham next week. I mean, obviously for the boys, I'd say it would be Faheen, um, Sam, obviously Mulcahy, Hill, me, Frodon, but the race, the race that is set up to be just a really, really good clash. I think for me, the standout option would be the Queen Mother Champion Chase. We're seeing three of the very best two-mile chases that we've seen um, in recent years. Chuck and Poswa, Defi Desoy and Altior come together. And, you know, as much as um, preview nights will go on and try and predict someone who will win that race, I just think... They're so closely matched. And the fact that we haven't seen any of them, I mean, we haven't seen Altior face either of them before. Um, I just think, you know, you don't know how it's going to play out until they're across that finish line. So, yeah, I think the Queen Mother Champion chase for me is set up to be the race of the festival. Sam, which race are you most looking forward to watching? Um. I think the triumph looks great. There's a lot of, I think we're very lucky this year because all the novice events, both the hurdles and the chases, all have such depth. There's like so many horses with live chances that have 
kind of played their cards leading up to it and it's now to see who's the best of the best and I think that's why Cheltenham's so good and also with all the feature races obviously any one of them could win the um, champion hurdle then that clash in the um, champion chase and then you've got the Ryanair and the Stayers on Thursday and then you've got the Gold Cup which is so open <laughs> and it's just it's just it going to be a great is. week and I can't really finally I'm going to go around to everyone I'm going to ask what is going to be your nap of the week? So, Killian, I'll come to you first. Which horse do you think is going to win next week at Charlton? Um, I'd say Invoyatlin looks rock solid in the Ballymore. Like, there's a few Irish... Like, there's a good Akka there. There's there's um, Invoyatlin in the Ballymore, Tiger Roll in the cross-country, and Appreciate in the bumper. I'd say the three of them are going to win, to be honest. Yeah, don't mention your Acker you had a few years ago with Appetant. That's the third. <laughs> no. uh, that still hurts. Yeah. Me. Painful memory. Luke, what about you? Who's going to be your nap of the week? Yeah, I'd agree with Killian with Envoy Allen, but we'll go for something at a bit of a bigger price. Uh, front few in the Martin Pipe, which we didn't mention. The last, you'll be waiting a while for is it's the last race on the Friday. I think he could be well handicapped. So he was second to Envoy Allen on season debut. And Entukas was back in third that day. Entukas will have a good chance in the Imperial Cup on Saturday if he goes over. I'd say he'll have a good chance if he... Well, he will run in the mountain pipe. I'd say he'll have a good chance. Sam, who's your nap of the festival? Um, oh, I don't know. It's a really tough choice, but I think I'm going to have to go with Tiger Roll. Um, I think he's definitely the one to beat. He's going to, he loves the track. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just going to be incredible because I really want to win Sorry. five festival races in a row. So, yeah. No, I think you broke up a bit. Um, yes, I think it was. Sorry. Me, Did you not hear me? <laughs> I'm going to go with Brewing Up a Storm in the Arkle. I think Notebook is a worthy favourite, but. I just I cannot get past that form of brewing up a storm earlier in the season, beating Midnight Shadow, Global Citizen and Southfield Stone. He's beaten them all. Yeah, I think brewing up a storm, he's got enough speed for this arcle. He jumps well. He's unbeaten over fences. I think he can maintain that unbeaten record here at the festival for Ollie Murphy. That brings us to the end of our Cheltenham Festival preview. But that's not all from us this week because... On Sunday night, we have got our Cheltenham Festival Twitter preview. Now, we want everyone to get involved, anyone who can. Basically, all we do is tweet questions from our Twitter account and anyone can reply, anyone can give their opinions on the various races. It's a great chance for everyone to come together and just get very, very excited about the Cheltenham Festival. So that will be 7 o'clock on Sunday, the 8th of March, this Sunday. And yeah, we hope to see you there. Keep an eye on our Twitter page and all details will be on there as well. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you've joined us for both parts of our festival preview. Um, and yeah, we hope we've pointed you in the direction of hopefully some winners next week. Um, but as always, this is just for fun. This is just for us to put something together and you know show people what we can do. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. We've enjoyed putting this together so, so much. 
I know for weeks now we've been saying, oh, we should do a Cheltenham preview, should be a Cheltenham preview, and we've made two. So we hope you join us next time. There'll be no podcast next week because I think we're all going to take a well-earned break and just enjoy the festivities of Cheltenham. So thank you very much. We hope you enjoy the festival. It looks set to be an absolute stormer. All the best and see you next time.